Welcome to League One Fun, presented by the Beautiful Game Network and brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. I'm Ira Jersey with another interview special. First, joining me on the phone is Toronto FC2's head coach and Toronto FC Director of Cognitive Development, Michael Rabaska. He, Coach, thanks very much for joining League One Fun today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to speak with somebody who's so invested in uh, the league and uh, what we do. So thanks very much for that. So first, I've never come across someone who has the title of Director of Cognitive Development. Can you explain what that is and what you do, I guess, for the whole club overall? And then we'll dig a little bit more into TFC2. Yeah, when I first started with uh, Toronto FC about five years ago now, uh, my first role as Director of Cognitive Development I uh, was mainly working in the academy, um, and we had a, an emphasis of working with our players, um, not necessarily in the field of psychology, but more in the in the understanding of neuroscience and how the brain works, how we learn, um, how we compete, um, just a lot of uh, different things that allow us to add the 2 to 5% difference that we think uh, make elite athletes high performers. Um, we spend a lot of time in um, very specific areas uh, within cognition, um, but it is a unique part of Toronto FC and one of the uh, one of the pleasurable parts of my my job. So, how much do you do the cognitive development piece with the academy? Do you, do you work with the first team at all, or is it focused primarily on development? Yeah, so it's a little bit of um, everything. I'm fortunate enough to. Um, have a good relationship with the head coach, Greg Manning. And with the first team, it's a really individualized uh, player by player. Um, at the academy level right now, it's uh, more working with uh, players who have been identified as high potential, high performers, a lot of education, and then a lot of um, uh, individual work with very specific uh, players. And then the nice part about uh, being a head coach of TFC2 is we, we get to control a lot of their schedule. So um, where I think a typical day might be some video and weight training, uh, things in the sports science department, as well as the technical part being on the field, we have programming built in on a day-to-day basis that uh, the players engage um, on that side of their development. So you had this role in cognitive development, helping uh, helping all the players on the team from the academy. When when were you asked to come and coach TFC2, or was that something maybe you raised your hand about, or did Coach Vanny just come up to you and say, hey, I want you to you know develop these players on the second team? Well, there was a need because uh, uh, Laurent Goyot, our uh, academy director and uh, head coach of TFC2, he went back to Europe to coach uh, mid-year last year uh, while the team was in the championship. Um, you know, internally, I think we always, uh, TFC has looked internally to um, replace positions or put play- people in positions where they know players. I happened to be uh, kind of dual rolling uh, at the time, helping out TFC too. And then also with the first team, um, I had a good knowledge of the players and, where they were. Uh, as I said, I have a good relationship with uh, Coach Vanny. It just seemed like a natural fit uh, last year. And that continued into this year and uh, obviously uh, into next year as well. So, 
let's talk about let's talk about last year a little bit and then we'll talk about the future what was your impression you know firstly being the head coach of of the, an MLS 2 side uh firstly and and you know just your overall impressions of the first season of USL League 1 well um yeah i could start first uh from being um second team within the professional organization we you know we have very specific uh goals and um and hopes for the team both uh i would say as a team so we we set our team goals where we're hoping to achieve and strive and then from an organization we we want to see players uh, be successful so players like jacob schaffelberg and subasa endo um, Io Akinola and Noble Kello, um, a lot of these players who uh, get game minutes with us but are uh, training with the first team, it serves this nice uh, developmental piece that um, that works out well in our organization. There are challenges with that, but um, I think by and large, when a player like Subasa Endo is able to play in the MLS Cup final, um, I think it speaks well to not only TFC2, but then also USL League One. Um, a lot of Subasa's time uh, obviously came last year in the championship side of things and then uh, did some spot duty for us here and there, but always on the side of having these guys prepared to play game minutes uh, for the first team. Um, and then from USL League One standpoint, uh, we were very pleased with the level. Um, we have a very young team, and so anytime you can face the likes of veteran groups like Ford Madison and Greenville um, that really challenge um, not just the technical aspect, but uh, from an experience side, um, face guys who have been in the game for a long time, grinding things out. Those are unique uh, experiences for our players that um, are good for them to learn from and then uh, will translate into the future. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned Jacob Schaffelberg and, and Endo, and obviously Endo did, uh, you know, did very well playing in the MLS Cup final, although that didn't quite go your way this year. What, uh, how far in advance did you know what your roster was going to look like? And, and, you know, what was the planning like from a week-to-week basis um, for your matches on the weekend? Well, it becomes, we... We have these Friday night matches, which uh, actually helps us in our in our planning. Um, we'll we'll know anywhere from you know as as few as a day to as long as um, uh, five or six days in between. We do a lot of looking at the first team schedule, trying to anticipate uh, you know what their schedule looks like and what their players are going to need from a competition standpoint. There are times where they have three games in eight days, nine days. And we know we're not going to necessarily see players during that time. Having said that, we also see where, um, you know, their schedule is lighter, if you will. And so we could anticipate uh, seeing players during that time. Um, it, it, it would be one of the more challenging aspects, not from a standpoint of uh, uh, from preparing, but just the sudden changes of a lineup. Um, all the players we have are familiar with the system. We do stuff very similar to the first team. And so those players coming to us uh, can fit right in. Uh, but, you know, as everyone knows, a team is a team and working together throughout the week, common goals, uh, opponents, getting everyone up to speed. Those are some of the challenging aspects. But um, 
to answer the question, it's anywhere from uh, 24 to 48 hours all the way through up to a week. We, we kind of can get an idea, kind of mix and match throughout the year. Obviously, the longer the better from you for planning purposes, one would imagine. Um, you mentioned about talking, getting uh, all your players into the same system as the, you know, the first team to the to the second team and, and to the academy. And obviously, when I've talked to a number of other two team coaches, whether it was FC Tucson or North Texas, um, you, you, everyone talks about that. So talk to me about some of the specifics. So, for example, one of the stands out this year for um, for TFC two was Jordan Perusa, not only because he scored goals, but because I noticed a lot of his movement off the ball and, and checking too and uh, and also being a facilitator as well. Um, a lot of that seemed very Josie Altador-esque to me. So is there, do you guys spend time, you know, saying here's what we want from your number, from our number nine and, um, and here's what we expect everyone to do while our number nine either has the ball or is making this run and um, it, 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 does it go down to, to that level of depth? Yeah, I'd say we're we're pretty close to that. Um, where it all started for us last year was, uh, and thank you for noting that with regard to uh, some of our attacking stuff, because uh, for us, it did start in preseason last year. We had uh, some 12 players that you saw in um, throughout USL League One uh, in that preseason camp with the first team. And that camp, um, there was we spent a lot of time on our build-up and then what we would look like in our set attacks. And I think that uh, if there was one thing clear this year from our group is that we definitely, um, there was a method or a purpose to our play in the attacking end of, of the field. And uh, for us, we're looking for those repeatable, purposeful movements. And um, to the extent that uh, Jordan Prutza or Io, if you were in that spot, uh, that they're in positions that help the team to be successful. We hope we've done a good job to 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 do that in the training. Um, and I'd say that by and large, on the attacking end, we were on the same page most of the time. Defensively, uh, still some more work to do. I still feel like uh, when we have a young team and sometimes groups that aren't. Uh, together as much as you should. Sometimes that, sometimes those uh, little pieces um, translated on game day. Uh, but by and large, um, in a four-three-three, which is primarily what we were trying to to play, um, the roles of our eights are very clearly defined. The roles of our outside backs are clearly defined. The nines and the wingers. Everyone has um, an idea of what we're looking to do in uh, a given uh, area of the field. So, you know, now that we've completed this season and, you know, you were uh, presumably this coming year, you hope to do a little bit better in the table, maybe make the playoffs. But what do you do now as an MLS two team coach in the off season to prepare for next year? And, you know, is it a matter of scouting academy players is, you know, how much um, how much discussion do you have with the academy director and with Coach Vanny? What's your what's your role now until the preseason camp starts, you know, maybe late January, early February? Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, for us, uh, throughout the year, um, the academy director, myself, Ali, um, Curtis, general manager, uh, Greg Vanny, um, throughout the year, we're meeting uh, once a month, and we go through the roster of academy players, the high performers, uh, potential uh, players. And so that list is fairly well um, declared and scouted out. 
um, we, we, we have a good idea um, which one of those young players will be joining um, TFC2 um, next year. Um, nothing is set in stone. So, uh, for instance, uh, U.S. Development Academy has an event in Tampa uh, just in a week, week or so here, first, of, uh, first week of December. So we'll look at the 17-year-olds and 19-year-olds there and, uh, you know, see how their performance is before we make final decisions. Uh, in addition to that, um, I hope to be at the Final Four for the NCAA. And then Toronto FC, in conjunction with several other MLS teams, we run a combine in Las Vegas uh, for college players where we'll uh, scout and, and look at the, the depth there. And then finally, Toronto FC runs um, a combine in early January. Um, I, I wish I could recall the number on that, but... Um, We'll be looking at players uh, at that point too, and so after and during the draft, we'll continue to make evaluations to try and make sure that we have all the spots that our academy and uh, current current roster can't uh, fill, and then we'll look to fill it up from there. So it's interesting that you brought this up, and when when you think about the college game and um, college players coming out, so so I noted two things this year. Is firstly, a lot of two teams use their draft picks from the college to kind of fill out their USL rosters, or or you know obviously trying to find a diamond in the rough like an Aaron Long or or someone like that. But but then I noticed also that there's a lot of people who don't end up in the draft and don't end up in going to the combine. So. You know, I'm thinking of people like Connor Antley, who's now going to be playing with Indy 11 and who, you, you know, you played against a, a few times this year. Um, you, you know, it seems like like scouting is something that um, is underappreciated by some MLS teams. You know, what does Toronto do for your scouting and trying to find those diamonds in the rough besides going to the combine? Do you, do you have any any say if, if one of your scouts says, hey, I, I see this you know, I found this this kid who's not going to be on anyone's radar. Um, I think he might be a good fit as, you know, a right back or something like that. Yeah, I I, I think um, I know we have a, you know, a, a scouting department led by Jack Dodd who um, works with a lot of people um, inside the States and outside of the States uh, to make sure we're identifying players. Um, that culminates in what I just explained is that uh, Toronto FC combine where we are now bringing those guys up to Toronto to really um, have a look at them close up close and personal. Uh, those players are not always in the NCAA draft. And these are, you know, uh, I would say schools that are not on everyone's radar, although there might be uh, one or two players that pique, um, pique the interests of others. Um, we try and make sure that um, to the extent that we can, we get a good look at them. And that, that kind of is our process. Um, you know, Patrick Bunk Anderson was a great find for us, although he was drafted very uh, late in the draft. Um, I think that's the type of player he was in our combine last year. Um, we liked him from the start and I think it proved that um, his, his play, at least this season proved that he is more than able to, uh, meet that challenge yeah his one um, his one-on-one -on -one defending was was great this year for sure um yeah he's a very smart player so he's able to to do those things 
So talk a little bit about the, you know, you mentioned that that League One is seems to be at an appropriate level. It's a good development platform. So one of the things that's been talked about is about more MLS2 teams dropping out of the championship and into USL League One. And of course, if you had, you know, eight more come down with only one or two new expansion teams, you'd wind up with a with a preponderance of teams being MLS2 teams and, and basically creating just like a U21 Academy League more than more than anything. Are you worried about that for development of these players if there's, you know, not enough growth in the independent teams to, you know, play those meaningful minutes again? Against grown men that that, uh, that you've had the pleasure of doing this year. Well, I think you know I don't know that word. I, I think it should be a concern uh, for everyone. I, I I know that playing North Texas was fantastic this year. They they uh, you know a well organized group. The reputation and then our players' desire to to compete and you know show well against them um, was important. Uh, there is something incredible about playing again against uh, the Don Smarts of the world, um, the guys who have earned a living um, and who are very savvy, very experienced. And I think that that is an important piece of uh, of our players' development. Now, if, if that if that isn't as prevalent in the league in the future, of course we'll have to we'll have to address that. But I know at the, at the moment. Um, I don't know that I would have said that at the beginning of last year. I wasn't. I don't think anybody was quite sure what the league, how it would be made up. Uh, but it was one of the nice, uh, uh, the nice uh, surprises. I don't even. I, it was one of the nice surprises for us when one of our 17-year-olds can go against, uh, you know, a late 20-something, and um, their experience and how they play um, is very important. And then for our 17-year-olds to recognize that what they were doing at the youth level is not going to translate against uh, these players. Those are important moments. So we'll always be on the lookout to make sure that that's part of the experience and part of their development. So you'll have Stephen Beattie at least to uh, tell your players to look out for uh, his his smart play for sure, um, since he was just re-signed by Chattanooga. Um, So last question, Coach, and I really appreciate your time this afternoon. Uh, what are you looking forward to most for the 2020 season? Well, it is really the surprise uh, or the player who is able to make the jump um, to the first team. Uh, for our group and the goals that we have, we we always want to win. We always want to compete. We set goals that reflect that. Uh, but uh, within our organization, uh watching players develop and uh, compete uh, at the next level, whether that be at the championship level for some of our players uh, as a next step. These are important pieces toward our players' growth uh, that we've, uh, Toronto FC has put a lot of time and money and resources into them. And we, we want to see them, uh, we want to see them succeed for themselves. So for me, that's what I, that's what I look forward to. That's I get up each day, trying to win and then trying to uh, see who's going to be the next player to uh, get into our first team to help them compete for whether it be Canadian championships, supporter shields, MLS cup. Uh, We want to provide that, that piece uh, for our organization. Well, coach, thank you very much for being so generous with your time. We appreciate you joining league one fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for everything you guys are doing. 
When we come back, you'll hear Jason with newly announced head coach of the Chattanooga Red Wolves. Stay with us. Registration is now open for the 2020 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Baltimore. Make your plans to join us January 15th through the 19th for five days of coaching education, networking, meal and social functions, award presentations, and more. Register before December 11th to secure the best rate. Visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org to learn more. The United Soccer Coaches Convention, your event for all things coaching. Welcome back to League One Fun. It is now time for the beauty of the duo to uh, move on with the interviews. And joining me today, I've got Chattanooga Red Wolves' new head coach, Jimmy Obleda. Jimmy, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you guys doing over there? Good, good. I, I heard you're you're uh, getting some some West Coast sun, so that's good for the winter, right? Uh, well, I mean, unfortunately, today it's uh, pouring down rain and cold, so um, it's preparing me for uh, for uh, the winter in Chattanooga that I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of Chattanooga, let's let's jump into it. You know how how did this process happen? How did you? You know, did somebody contact you and say, hey, we, we, there's an open position in Chattanooga we think you'd be good for? Was it something that you saw and reached out on your own? How, how did this process really work? Well, um, you know, I've, I've, I've known Bob for a few years um, through just the, the youth soccer circles. Um, uh, his son, Mitch, many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> came and trained with us in, in California when I was coaching um, at the Fulton Rangers. So, um, you know, I met him, I want to say like in 2009, around there. Uh, and, um, and uh, you know, and then after that, we kind of, you know, really never kept much in contact, but, you know, we, you know, keep in contact every once in a while. And then um, about, uh, what, about a year ago, he, uh, he contacted me, just kind of asking me for some players, you know, players that I thought would be good for, for the Chattanooga Red Wolves, for, for either the Dalton team or the, um, the uh, Park City and especially the, uh, the, um, the Chattanooga team, the, uh, the USL1 team. And what kind of, you know, I recommended Ami Pineda um, that's playing there now and his cousin Rose playing at, uh, at, um, Park city and, you know, they did pretty well. And, and, um, so I just, I mean, we just started chatting a little bit and I would say about maybe about, I mean, it's all a blur right now, but about a month ago, um, he kind of reached out to me three, three weeks, a month ago, reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in, in the possibility of, of, um, overseeing the program and coaching the first team. And, um, I went out and visited and, you know, like I said before in other conversations, Chattanooga really grew on me and it's a really, it's a cool town and it's got a lot of exciting things going on. And then I saw from a soccer standpoint, what, what it's going to become, what it is and what's going to, what it's going to become. And, um, and then kind of just sat down with Bob and, and, and Sean and kind of, you know, just came to an agreement and here I am. Yeah. And, and you talk about, you know, the, the youth side of things. So is this something to where we can kind of read into it that Chattanooga is going to be kind of putting an emphasis and a focus on the academy? And it's going to be one of those teams that try to promote from within 
the academy and local talent as opposed to bringing in international players because because right now when you look at the roster you know you've got about you, you've got the oldest roster at least in, Latin, in the first season you had the oldest roster uh, in the league so is this something that where we might see that kind of change to where we might see younger kids coming up and more of an academy focused plan um yes absolutely and 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 so we need to have a balance of everything right we need to have some experienced players to kind of guide um guide the the youth and the young guys that we have on the squad um and and uh so there's a place and and they're very important into what we're going to do and and obviously um the quality of soccer that they bring um but yes we're looking at you know with time and looking at you know giving youth um youth players in in our academy if it be at dalton be it park city be it chattanooga young men opportunities to 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 move forward and, and be able to again the, the path to to the professional to the professional level and um and you know have their first team debuts at why not 16 17 18 years old if if that's what um if that's where they're at you know um we we are going to place a, a big emphasis on the youth uh, the youth program in in chattanooga and really preparing and and i don't know if the right word is educating but I guess I'll use it educating the the parents within the the Chattanooga and the players also within the Chattanooga Red Wolves um, um, club system that if you want your son to play at this level or daughter even for that matter because of the women's program but um, if you want your son to to play at this level these are this is what you need to do and these are the players and these are the things the specifics we're going to be looking at to give these players opportunities. And when you have a system that, you know, starts kind of from the youth academy level onto the first team, I know there's a couple of approaches. So, for instance, when we look at another team in the league with North Texas, they start with an academy system to where it's kind of the same style of play and system throughout all the teams in that system, right? So what you're learning at the academy level is kind of the same style and tactics that you're going to be using if you make it to the professional level for FC Dallas at MLS. Do you foresee kind of setting that structure within the Chattanooga level, or is it something to where you need to develop, you know, get, see what kind of players you have first and then kind of think of what you want to do tactically after that? Well, I think, you know, um, we have to, we have to do with, uh, we, we have a certain type of player, um, or we, we set up our teams with the type of players that we have. So at the youth level, I mean, I can't pretend to, to say we're going to play a 4-3-3 four, four, uh, four, three, three or 4-2-2 four, two, two if we don't have those players, right? The, the certain characteristics that we're looking for. So for me, I don't know if I'm going to say this is going to be our system of play, but there's definitely going to be a style and identity um, in how we want to play from the youngest team to all the way through to the first team. So so the teams are going to have a certain identity um, regardless of, of if they play a 4-3-3, a 3-5-2. Um, um, you know, they're, they're going to have a certain identity that that is going to be consistent throughout throughout the program. So um, And there's going to be a certain idea of what we want our players um, to play and a certain idea of what we want um, in certain areas of the, of the field to, to do. So um, I'm not going to say that we're going to say you have to play – a four four two or anything that you know a, a system of play, but there will be an identity that will uh, that will uh, predominate uh, throughout the the program. Yeah, and so with that identity, you know, when it comes to recruiting, 
uh, I assume that local talent will, you know, be be a priority as well. What are some of the characteristics and style that you would want to see in players? And what can we expect to kind of see from that Chattanooga team? Because, you know, last year watching a team, you had individuals that had great talent, whether it was Stephen Beattie being able to win duels and take people on, whether it was Pineda being able to cross the ball, um, you know, but but there wasn't a sense of style for the team. So when you look at players, what kind of players are you looking for to kind of help incorporate that style and bring it to fruition? Well, I think uh, the type of player I'm looking for, you know, for, for the first team is ones that are very comfortable with the ball at their feet that, uh, that can, can get themselves out of, out of tight situations if need be um, that um, can have a a very high soccer IQ um, and can, uh, can, um, can read the game and, and the ideas that are needed in certain areas of the field uh, of, of what I want from them. Um, but perhaps the, the base of everything for me is going to be their, their mentality and their attitude and their, their willingness to, to, to get after it, their willingness to, to fight for the ball, their willingness to, to win the ball back, their, their attitude. Um, to me, I, I, I really believe in today's soccer culture, um, and uh, today's uh, just soccer landscape throughout the country, the ones that have that that drive and that motivation to always win, uh, win, be successful in everything they do. If it's in training, if it's you know if we're playing poker in in the locker room, whatever you know, cards, whatever that they always want to win. And I think that for me is the starting point because if you have that mentality and and that that willingness. There's going to be games. Let's be realistic. There's going to be games a team doesn't play well. You know, individuals are not on. But when when we can't be technically better and and tactically, we're just going to have to put our our hard hats on and our work boots and let's get after it. So um, for me, those are the biggest things, and especially through the youth. As I go back to that, um, kids that are hungry because you know there's a lot of good players, but they're not willing to to do the extra stuff. I always kid around and say. You know, there's everybody wants to be a pro, but nobody really wants to be a pro. And 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 I say that a lot to the youth. You know, they love the dream and the image of it, but the the what it really takes um, to be it's it's a lot more than just being able to hit a ball and dribble and pass and shoot. So, you know, from the first team down, that's going to be the 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 things I look for that those players that are able to be technically. Better. Yeah. It, Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, players are very technically confident with the ball at their feet, but are, are willing to do whatever it takes for each other and, and, and for the team and for, for the club. Yeah, I just wanted, I was just going to say uh, Chattanooga last year uh, had the most one-goal difference score lines of any team in USL League 1. So that kind of aggressiveness, that competitiveness, that will to win, you know, it only takes one play to affect that, right? It only takes one duel in the midfield to win and then, you know, scoring in the last 10 minutes. And so all those one goal games turn into two or those draws turn into wins. So I think that's definitely the right mentality to have. And And again, for me, go ahead. No. Sorry, Jason. But no, me, it's it's one of those things like I'm going to encourage guys to take people on in the final third and and create two V1s. But if you lose the ball, you're going to have to chase them back. There is no losing the ball and I'm walking back because that's the difference. 
right? Because everyone's good and stuff, but the difference is going to be the little things. The ball's running out of bounds. Is my Are we willing to chase that ball and dive and get down on the ground and, and keep that ball in play? Am I willing, if, if one of my teammates loses the ball, you know, am I willing to to track back for them? And, and so you hit on the head. We, we, we lost. I mean, I watched a lot of the games last year, and there were a lot of games I think if we would have given a little bit more, we could have gotten – in, uh, in um, a better result and we weren't that far away from the playoffs last year no and and had you know a key player like Stephen Beattie not got injured within the last couple weeks you might as well have been in the playoffs um, but so th- that's one thing too you you, you know you team brought in Hurst um, later in the year and I think he really supplied that one uh, a missing piece of having a, a consistent goal scoring or a consistent goal scoring threat at top. And I think he came in, was extremely impressive. Are there any other pieces to where you have a priority to say like, yes, this is something that I've noticed watching this team, uh, whether it's a position or whether it's overall, you know, midfield or defensive that you say we, I need to focus on finding the right players to fit here or a right person to come in and kind of make that impact uh, impact like Hurst did? Well, I think, you know, um, again, I, I think if you look at statistically, you know, um, Alex Mangles had the most saves in the whole league, right? Um, as much as that's great. Oh, yeah. We, I am a, I am a uh, avid Alex Mangles, the best keeper in the league uh, right. supporter. So you don't have to, you don't have to worry right. about that. So the guy was big time, right? But, but he shouldn't have to make as many saves as he did. You know what I mean? So I think for me and, and, you know, we really need to to look at the back line and, and solidify the back line um, because, you know, like the old, the old adage is said, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships, you know? So, you know, I'm really looking at, you know, who, you know, who we have and who we can bring in to, to complement the players that we have, because, um, my my ultimate goal is, and when I sit down with Alex, say he's gonna have to make three saves a game. If he makes those three saves a game, we're gonna win games. That's it. That's all I wanted to make those three big saves, and 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 we're gonna win games. So I think you know um, that the back line is the the line that I really want to focus on and and see who, you know who we have and what we need to bring in to to strengthen the uh, the defensive end of of the team because I think offensively. You know, Beatty's sharp and, and, you know, and healthy, you know, he'll help us. Hurst is going to be, you know, um, he's going to have a, you know, he's confident in the league now. So he's going to have another successful year. And, and we're looking at some, you know, some crafty wingers to come in and, and help. So to kind of compliment those guys. But um, defensively, I think we just have to, we have to, we have to find a solution to that. And I, I had a couple of Chattanooga fans reach out and talk to me. I know you're, being you know frustrated being brought on and right now the big things right now are off-season signings and bringing back players and so are you involved in that process on returning players and thinking hey I really like what this person did I think they fit the system or is that kind of being um, talked about from you know another executive side no I mean uh, you know one thing I'm very appreciative is uh, with Sean McDaniel I mean you know, as I've come in, him and I, I mean, have sat down and we've talked, we've gone over the list of players and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, pre- I'm, I'm very familiar with all the players in, in the team. Um, so, 
Sean and I are, are working very closely in, in the players that we currently have and um, and the ones we're looking to resign and the ones we're looking to to bring in. So, um, you know, I've come in and, and Sean has given me the 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 green light to to kind of look at who we have, who we don't have, who we need to bring in and and uh, and resign and stuff and, and that kind of um, uh, in those in that area. So. You know, Sean and I are we're working together on that, but yeah, it's us two that are, are looking. Okay. At so and so on on League One Fun, we like to try to try to draw out some, a little bit of exclusives. So can you confirm? I know you brought back a strong core right now, but are you planning on bringing back multiple other players uh, from last season, or are we looking at maybe one or two more, and then the rest of it's going to be a new slate of players? Um, <clears throat> we're looking at bringing. A good group, a new group uh, of players, but we are looking at keeping some some important pieces from last year. So um, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to. I know we 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 had a couple of core players, right? Like you you have BD Mangles, Hurston, you know the, those guys returning. Well, so I think what fans are looking at are do we are we going to get a couple more like or are, are we only expecting maybe one or two more returning and the rest of it's going to be a brand new team? Um, you'll probably have one or two more returning and the rest will be probably, uh, um, let me think. Yeah. It'll probably be a new okay. Yeah. One or okay. two. Yeah. So yeah. I can work with that. that that's perfect. All right. <laughs> uh, um, so also, you know, you said that you've been in close contact with Bob and Sean. And so, you know, you know, the situations of not just the team, but the city itself and everything going on. So you know, with a new stadium being built, uh, you know, with the academy being announced and really trying to rev that up, do you kind of feel that there's pressure to kind of win now? And I just say that because it's one of those things to where obviously you have competition of another team, regardless if you see them as competition or not, right? There is talks, there is another team in the city. You guys are opening up a new stadium. And so this is the most opportune time to really kind of grab that fan base or to really grab that interest so you know taking this job and knowing the situation do you kind of feel that this first season is a little more pressure for you as a coach than it would be uh you know for a coach going into another city or another team you know um we're in the business of winning let's be honest right i mean the professional coach is in the business of winning so if it's year one, year two, year three, if it's here, if it's in New York, wherever it is, I have to win. I mean, or or, or I have to be successful, right? So I don't feel that, that you know, the situation, in, you know, at, at Chattanooga is any different than if I would I would be anywhere else. Um, you know, my expectation is to come come out there and, and put a good product that is successful that, that people want to come and see and, and people are excited about, um, and, you know, and, and, and win. I mean, that, that's, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? So, um, again, I don't, I don't feel it's, it's, I have any more, any less pressure than, than, uh, than I would. And, and the pressure I put on myself again, you know, this is, this is an opportunity to me for me to, to, to tap into or challenge myself into an area that that I uh, I've always dreamed of being in. I think I'm capable, and I feel I'm capable of, of doing a very good job. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna be pushing myself to to be successful. So, 
I just take it as as it's just another day, another day in paradise, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know, you know, new coach, you know, new players, everything. One thing we, you know, a lot of people might want to know is the personal side of you, right? So we talk about what kind of players you want, what kind of system you want, but you know, you coming into a new city. You know, for for people who are fans of the team or the league, you know, we kind of like to gauge the personality of coaches. So why don't you, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself from a personal standpoint and what you're looking forward to the most of being in Chattanooga? I think, you know, what I mean, I tell people and the people that know me, you know, what you see is what you get with me. You know, I'm 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 very passionate about the game. I'm very passionate about life. I'm I'm very passionate about about just, you know everything in, that goes on and and um you know what you see from me is, is that and and I'll be one person when I'm training and one person when when I'm um I'm coaching and and in games and I'll be somebody totally different when when I'm out of that 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 arena um I'm I'm someone who uh who you know enjoys uh, being out and 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 really taking in um what's around me so you know, I, I've said this, um, I'm really excited about Chattanooga. It's, it's, it's an amazing town, you know, or town, excuse me. It's an amazing city. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, I, I think that sometimes we don't appreciate the things we have, um, and the things that are around us and, and take someone to come in and from an outsider like myself and really point that out to many people that I've had conversations with. Um, you know, I, I've been there a few times. I've been there in total three weeks, um, since uh, since the, uh, the announcement and all that, and um, it's it's a really it's it's a it's a really exciting place. So, um, from a personal standpoint, again, I'm I'm looking forward to that involved getting kind of embedded in the community. Um, I think it's important, and everywhere I've been as a player and as a coach, I've always felt it's important for me to or the person to get involved and, and really see what it's about. Um, that's how I really know what the city and, and the people in the city makes them tick. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Just really getting to, to, to become another, another person in the, in the Chattanooga community. That's, that's great to hear. And then also too, uh, for people who, you know, kind of want to know a little bit about your background, you know, what were you doing, uh, from a coaching perspective? Uh, what, what has your path been to lead to Chattanooga? Um, oh, that's a, that's a good one. It seems like, um, um, it's been, it's been a long one, you know? Um, so I, I graduated from high school, went overseas, played, uh, for about eight years, played in, uh, in Europe, Latin America was in the old a league. Um, and after, after retiring, I pretty much thought I'd get into coaching college, went back to school, got my, uh, my BA, my master's, but, um, I started, uh, or I was hired as a club, a uh, director of Fullerton Rangers and took a small, small local club and made it into a na- national power. I uh, was there about 14, 15 years, um, you know, won numerous national championships, Dallas cups, players going into the national team. And then, um, got a, uh, started coaching junior college during that time after that, um, for about four years. Um, started another club called Boco C and, and the club's probably one of the fastest up and coming clubs here in, in California from a from a developmental standpoint with players and, and opportunities for the players. And uh, that's they've been around for about three years. And um, 
during that time coached uh, an a, uh, NPSL team out here. Um, during those, kind of in between that, I did coaching education for U.S. soccer, did coaching education for um, Cal South, um, have been involved in, in the technical committees here and and uh, and around. So um, been feel like I've been coaching my whole life. It's almost becomes a blur that I played a while back. But um, yeah, everything's kind of progressed to me having this opportunity that uh, I'm truly blessed and, and um, excited about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one last question, just because, you know, I, I have to have to talk about the rumor bill, you know, rumor mill. So I've heard certain players uh, at Chattanooga are working on getting their coaching license. And so do you foresee in the future a possibility that some of the veteran players are, you know, in a situation where, you know, as they work with the younger guys and they form a relationship with these players in the academy that we can see some of these veterans on the team now end up being uh, assistant coaches or coaches throughout the Chattanooga Red Wolf system? Um, well, I think, you know, first, I think it's important that that every every uh, player at some level goes and gets a license and 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 and, you know, gets accredited as a as a uh, as a, a coach, because I think it allows them to see the game a little differently and, and it helps them in their in their evaluation of kind of what's going on. And um, I think as the Red Wolves grow and as we become more successful, yeah, why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't a, an, an ex-player become a, a coach in the academy and, and, and work, work, and especially one that's kind of seen and lived kind of what we're trying to do um, throughout the academy and, and the culture and the DNA we want, we want our program to have? So, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I, this is like saying you never know, you know, you never know what, what goes on. So, <laughs> so it's, uh, okay. it's, you know. <laughs> Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it, and we wish you well in the new season. We're excited to see the players and the style that you bring in, and you know a lot of exciting things are going on in Chattanooga, and I think uh, a lot of eyes are going to be on it. So no, no, no pressure, though. No pressure. No, I mean, I tell people, I mean, that's not pressure. Pressure is finishing a uh, U, uh, you know, a U10 game and having parents come in and yell at you because their kid didn't play. That's pressure. <laughs> You know what I mean? So this is a piece of cake. You know what I mean? This is uh, going to be easy peasy. So no, on a serious note, I'm, I'm excited about it and uh, um, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm can't wait to get started. We're looking at starting here probably February 3rd, that first week, get into some testing with the players and, uh, and get them, uh, you know, get our preseason going and, and, and get going after that. Cause uh, we have a lot ahead of us this next year. Hey coach Jimmy Ablada. Thank you again. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. Make sure you listen. Please rate and review wherever you get your podcast information. And check out BGN.FM for other great soccer podcasts and written content that's covering everything from USL League 1 to USL Championship, USL League 2, NWSL, MLS, everything. Anything American soccer, BGN.FM is doing it. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, our official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Make sure you get your custom scarves for your group or team at RoughneckScarves.com. Until next time... Hashtag support local soccer. Damn, I killed that read. You've got some competition, Ira. Thanks, guys. Yeah.